0: Scientists say the universe is made up of protons, neutrons, and electrons, but what they failed to mention is that the universe also has a lot of morons. Smack agab, it's time for another Vieira Vault, and we got the top 10 new wave of British heavy metal albums, according to me and Brutal Brian, who just released an amazing album from his band Midnight Spell called Sky Destroyer. Now, in this interview, we talked about it, but he had to, like, we had to record them later on to talk about, look, look at the... Uh, Here's the links. Here's how to get it. And we did record it, but it's gone. So I'll do it for them. In the links below, you can order the the on their Bandcamp. You can order their CD. Their vinyl will be out. You can pre-order that. All the links are in the description below. So I couldn't find it. Brutal. If you're listening, I know you redid it for me, and it didn't come out. But I just did it now. Order it. You're going to love it. And at the end of the show, we're going to play something from it. And then you're definitely going to order it. So th- to order it in the description below. Click order and your life's going to be better. All right. So let's get into this. Here's me and Brutal Brian with our top 10 new wave of British heavy metal albums. Hey, Schmack a It's another Vieira Vault. And I have for the second appearance... On the show, Brutal Brian. Hi, Brutal Brian.
1: How's it going? It's good to finally be here.
0: Good, man. Do you remember the first appearance you had on here?
1: I do. It was after we played in Columbia with Rash or Die.
0: That's right. Yeah, it was the whole band. That was a wacky episode.
1: Almost the whole band.
0: Who? Oh, yeah. We had the one that can't speak English, not not join us.
1: Yeah, something like that.
0: Yay. <laughs> Brutal Brian and... Uh, We're going to talk about our top 10 favorite British uh, New Wave heavy metal bands. But before we do that, Brian's got some exciting news of his band called Midnight Spell. Would you like to share with us the exciting news?
1: Yes. We have a new album. It's called Sky Destroyer. It's going to be out on Iron Oxide Records. It's going to be available on CD... Vinyl and cassette.
0: Yes, that is true. And right there in the description below is a link where you can order it and check out The Vault at the end of the show. I'm going to play a song from this album that Brutal Brian's going to pick. And I know that's going to be tough, Brian, because all the songs are good. They're like babies. I know. I know how that is. But you're going to have to pick one because we're going to give everybody a taste of this amazing album that I've had in my possession for quite a while. And I have been jamming it in my car like 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 crazy, and uh, it's so good. And and you you have a video, right? I, I, the video is already up. Uh,
1: yeah, it's called "Lady of the Moonlight."
0: Very well done, conceptual video with the band playing, and Paolo, the singer, is the is the the thespian in the in the video, and. Uh, it's pretty it's pretty damn cool, dude. I really enjoyed it.
1: Yeah, that's one of hey. our uh that's one of our poppier songs, I think, but uh it, it's very catchy and goes over really well. I think that's a big fan favorite.
0: That's right. We'll play one of the heavy ones at the end. So yeah. you can get like a, a flavor of, you know, what you're going to expect on this album. So uh yeah, so and you know, Brian's got a big little history here and uh he he also plays with Inve J Malmsteen and uh, the Florida Legends Hellwitch. Um My my two bands, Combat. Me and me and Brian formed Combat. And I don't know if you've seen it, Brian. There's a lot of people that are saying, "Man, do more Combat." I like it more than Thrasher Die. I'm like, "Shut up, you fucking poser." And uh, and he's in Thrasher Die too. He's yeah. a busy boy. Is there anything else you're doing that I don't know? Uh, I play for NZM. That's Uh right, NZM. I forgot about NZM, Uh, which is Nick's uh, Nick's band. The guy that sings. Yeah, he sings for Inve too. You're in the band with Inve with him.
1: Yeah, yeah. Insanely talented uh, musician. What? He's an insanely talented musician. Oh, oh.
0: Nick, I thought I thought you said semi talented.
1: No, insanely talented.
0: Yes, he is, and it's really good stuff. And check that out. You guys made videos, too. You're yeah, a there's
1: couple. a video for uh, Time's Running Out, which is the title track of the new album, actually.
0: And you also played on one of his solo songs, right?
1: What? on? You mean Nick's, Nick's solo stuff? Yeah. Yeah, uh, we did something. It was with uh, Steve Price from Thor. Yes. It was, they did an EP together And I played drums on one of the songs It was called Breakaway Kind of a yeah. ballad type song That was fun
0: I I, li- I actually like that song And I'm not the biggest ballad guy But that's a really good ballad I dug it And uh, and we had uh, Steve Price join Combat on stage What was yeah, it? That was Thunder in the Tundra Classic moment. Thunder in the Tundra Yeah That was a fun night Brian I don't know if you know this But after that show I came home and had a threesome Really? Yeah, yeah, that's why I left early. Interesting. <laughs> now I know. Yeah, now everybody <laughs> knows. <laughs> so Brian, um we're going to do another episode. We're going to we're going to dwell into the the metallic mind of Brian. There's a b- big story that I know a lot about him that I want you all to know and that'll be in a future episode, but for this episode, we're going to talk about our top 10 uh new wave of British heavy metal albums. I made a list, did you?
1: I made a list, yeah.
0: All right. Um, I I, I want to say one thing first. And you you might disagree with me. You might not. Who knows? But I know since I'm not going to mention this band and the possibility you might not. I don't know. But uh, there'll be people going, you forgot which fine general. Um, I'm not a fan, dude. Are you like them? You
1: know, it's so funny you say that. Because that is a band I could never get into either.
0: Wow. And isn't it true? I did not know that about you. I That's was, funny.
1: I was I was getting ready for this podcast and I was thinking, I wonder if this is going to come up.
0: you. it's going to come up in the comments, but now yeah. it won't because we're already explaining it. Because if we don't we don't mention which fine general, there'll be comments like, what about which fine general or or the people that would say, where is which fine general? Those people always say it's up your ass. You know what I'm saying? But um but um I don't know, did you did you put down some honorable mentions that didn't make your top ten?
1: I didn't write down any, but I do have a few in mind.
0: Uh name them. Uh
1: I have to give a shout out to a band called Aragorn.
0: Okay, uh, I don't know them. I don't know that band.
1: They were I, I know them because well I I I discover most of these bands, you know. Uh I have a Neat Records singles compilation. And uh this band, Aragorn, had a couple a couple singles. One was called uh, Noonday, and the other one's called Black Ice, and they're really good. And they ha- they recorded an album in, I think, 1984, but it never came out until, like, 2011 or something. And the album is fantastic. You know? It no,
0: just, there, yeah, it just there, never
1: saw the light of day.
0: There's a lot of new wave of British heavy metal bands that don't have albums. They only have singles. Well,
1: yeah, thought, and that that yeah, made this fun. a little difficult too.
0: Yeah, I didn't I didn't add none of that. I just added full-length albums. Uh we covered one of those bands. Um Warrior. Yeah. And no, it's not the LA Warrior. It's not the Vinnie Vincent Warrior. There was a band in England called Warrior, part of the new wave of British heavy metal, and we covered one of their songs. Um God damn it.
1: Stab You in the Back.
0: Stab You in the Back. Which uh, I didn't know, the I couldn't make out some of the lyrics. So some those of those lyrics
1: are totally indecipherable.
0: Yeah, I What's just made up. What's
1: funny, though, is that they put out some, because when we did that cover, I searched high and low on the internet for the lyrics, and I found nothing anywhere. But uh, since we did that, at some point like the last year or two, the lyrics are now available online.
0: Son of a bitch.
1: <laughs> but I do well, like what you wrote.
0: Yeah, man. I, I, I kept a very new wave of British heavy metal, you know? Yeah. Um, is there any more honorable mentions or you want to think about it as I give you mine?
1: Uh, let's hear one of yours.
0: Uh, Samson Head Tactics, uh, which features uh, Bruce Dickinson. Not the greatest album, but Riding with the Angels kicks ass. You know that song, right? Of course. That song rules. There's a couple other ones. Go, Go to Hell is a good one and you know, but, you know, I mean, I don't think, you know, there's 10 that I, I like waiting for. You
1: know, like. that's a cover, right?
0: Riding with the Angels is a cover? Yeah. I did not know that. Who who did that?
1: I can't tell you off the top of my head, but I do know that it's a cover.
0: Mm, interesting. And it's also on the live, dive, dive, live VHS. Bruce Dickinson opens the show with Riding with the Angels. Um. All right. Uh, you want me to keep going?
1: Uh, no, I got one. Uh, okay. Power Games from Jaguar.
0: Okay, I know Jaguar. And Jaguar didn't make my list. And I, and, and they should have been my one of my honorable mentions. All right. Um, Demon, Night of the Demon. Oh, didn't that's make,
1: a good one.
0: Didn't make my list, though, but it's an honorable mention.
1: Not one of the more influential ones to me, so maybe that's why I didn't make the list, but uh, that is absolutely a classic. Um, yeah. In fact, Midnight Spell... Uh, before we play live, I like to play uh, One Hell of a Night from Demon over the PA as our like, intro song.
0: Nice. Which, by the way, the very first time Midnight Spell played live, I introed them on stage. Yes, you did. What an honor for you guys. I felt so happy for you guys that night.
1: That was a great um, night.
0: Uh, all right, more Blood and Thunder. You know that one?
1: Oh, more, yeah. That's a that's a great band. That's yeah. got uh Paul Mario Day from Iron Maiden, the original singer of Iron Maiden. On right, board.
0: exactly. Yeah.
1: You know, I only really know the 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 other album. They had two albums. Oh, I didn't.
0: Know, I haven't heard the other one. All I know is Blood and Thunder didn't make my list, but it should be an honorable mention.
1: That one came second. There was another one before it. I don't. I think it's self-titled. No, it's called Warhead. Okay. And uh, the song Warhead is amazing. I love. It's like one of my favorite songs, but the album as a whole didn't really make much of an impact
0: with me. Did you, do you think it was better than Blood and Thunder?
1: I don't even know if I've heard that album in full, to be honest with you. Okay. That's really reaching there. That's some obscure stuff.
0: Yeah, but that's one that I discovered on one of those uh, compilations when I, was, when I was a young kid. Do um, you have any, any more? I got three more. Before that, you know, it didn't make my list.
1: No, I I think that that covers about it. Maybe yours will ring some bells.
0: Yeah, maybe mine is on your list, you know? All right, well, what do you got? All right, I'll give you this. Uh, see if you can guess, which I, I, I'm pretty sure he will. Um, Tony Iommi produced this. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, Quartz. Yes, Stand Up and Fight. Mm-hmm. I think it's a great album. Now, these two were... Really hurt to keep off my list Because I really like, love them both uh, Savage Loose and Lethal mm-hmm. Great uh, That song Let it loose just kills And this one really hurt too Tokyo Blade Midnight Rendezvous Okay With If Heaven Was Hell But that's it um, Anything else I forgot If anybody out there like I said uh, It's up your ass that's why it's not on my list So Brian Give us your number 10.
1: Number 10 for me, I'm going to go with Satan's Court in the Act.
0: Ah, great album.
1: And I almost feel like this is, this hurt to put at number 10, but I have to say, you know, it is not my favorite Satan album. Right. That's why. Because. I have to say, I think Atom by Atom, which came out in like 2015, somehow tops it. But I don't think that could be considered new wave of British heavy metal anymore.
0: No, and also like a disclaimer, I do have some British heavy metal albums that are not from 1980. Like 82, 83 is as far as I go. Could I yeah. still consider that new wave of British heavy metal, the early 80s, you know?
1: Yeah. Right. But All
0: right. In the
1: act is an absolute classic and I have to say Brian Ross, one of the best vocalists of all time
0: hell yeah man he's up there with me Of course no one tops you Thanks for not laughing dude uh you know um yeah uh, I own that I own that fucker on vinyl man I, I've I discovered Satan as a fluke um, I just saw the album and bought it it was one of those I'm gonna take a chance with this. And I ended up lo- loving it. but And, you know, spoiler alert, it is on my list, but it's not my number 10. Uh, my number 10, which is probably higher on your list, because it is a fucking classic, but you need to know your new way of British heavy metal to know this band. Holocaust, The Night Comes. The Night Comers.
1: The Night Comers. Yep. That's an absolute classic of an
0: album. Fucking love it. Death or Glory. You know... Come on back, Maverick, heavy metal mania, yeah. push you around, dude that shit sm- not a bad song no no, not a bad song on the whole album and uh absolutely love that album and I'll be honest with you I didn't find out about Holocaust till like the late eighties, very underground you know, not very well promoted and I used to get Kerrang magazine back then, and they might have been in them, but you know I just they didn't really promote it well yeah. enough
1: you know that they changed their name at some point to hologram hologram yeah
0: that sucks
1: they they they're not they're back to holocaust now but they had a brief period where they were under the name hologram
0: maybe they got a little flack for it yeah
1: you know that's a band with a large discography man there's a lot of stuff
0: oh yeah i know that man hard to keep up with that one and it's really
1: there's a lot of good stuff in there there's some hidden gems
0: And were they all, uh, like, did they take years off or are you talking about even from after the night comers, there was more like, you know, a year or two after releases?
1: They were active. I, I think up until like 1984 or something like that. Um, they changed their name to hologram and they put out one album or something under that name. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I'm not sure what happened after that. I know they 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 came back in the late 80s or something, and they've just been putting stuff out consistently since then.
0: Interesting. Uh, what's your number nine? Number
1: nine, I'm going to have to go with Tank, Phil Hounds of Hades.
0: Dude, fuck, I forgot Tank, man. Did you? Yeah. God damn it. Yeah. Yeah, I love that album, man. It should be on my top ten, but fuck it. You know, I wouldn't even give that an honorable mention. That is an amazing album.
1: It really is. the The riffs, the riffs are are, are incredible.
0: Yeah, you know, fucking love it. All it's, right,
1: it's unpolished and and you know, it's just the raw spirit of the movement of that time. You know.
0: That's why I, that's what I love a lot about these albums is the production. Yeah. It's like I would call, uh, what, what's a good, I, I thought of a term the other day for, 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 for albums like that. No, oh, I got it. Tell me if you like this term. Poverty metal.
1: <laughs> that's pretty good. That's pretty good.
0: I, I like that. Poverty metal. I forgot what album I was listening to. I was like, Dude, these, this is some cheap-ass production, but I love it. I love Poverty Metal. So, all right. My number nine, and boy, I love this one. And this is another band with a large discography. But I got to give it to Spellbound by Tigers of Tang.
1: That's a fantastic album.
0: John Sykes, Gangland, man. Fucking Hellbound, Tiger Bay. What a smoking Tiger album. Tiger
1: is an incredibly underrated track. That is Probably, if not one of, it may be my favorite song on that album.
0: Yeah, i got to give the nods to Gangland, the way it kicks off. But, yeah, Tiger Bay would be my second favorite off it.
1: Yeah, amazing, the, amazing. The vocals. I, I love the screams in Tiger Bay.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's badass. Yeah,
1: uh, John, uh, John uh, Dever is a killer vocalist. You know he's an actor now?
0: No, I did not know that.
1: yeah. He's like a broad. He he quit music and became a Broadway actor.
0: Is it like musicals he's doing now? Do you know?
1: I've never been able to find any information beyond that. I think I added him on Facebook or something one at
0: one point. Right on, and the great John Sykes, man. What the hu- What the hell happened to him? You know? Yeah,
1: he he doesn't quite like the uh, music industry these days, so he just chooses not to be a part of it, which is a shame.
0: It is, and and I remember. It was about, I don't know, five, six years ago, he announced he started a band with Mike Portnoy. And that didn't happen. I was very excited, you know.
1: I heard I heard that he, he and Carmine uh were gonna be doing some something together.
0: Yeah, Blue Murder reunion would be
1: sweet. Did you yeah, like Blue they, Murder? They were they were gonna reform Blue Murder, but I heard that John Sykes wanted to make it John Sykes' Blue Murder and he wanted to do stuff from like all the bands he's been in and Carmine was like, "Well, what about me? I have a long history too." Yeah. And, which I understand. I can understand. You know. That's just something did- I heard somewhere, you know, who knows how true that is.
0: Well, did just- you know did you know that John Bonham, who I consider a better drummer than Carmine, uh, ripped off Carmine in some things? Well,
1: I don't uh, think he ripped him
0: off. I, I mean, no, yeah, no. He, well, he he admitted, he admitted it. He admitted it. Yeah. Um. And and when I, I if you watch footage of early Vanilla Fudge, you do, I don't know. I'm not a drummer, dude. I don't know the the term for it. But he would do these things that Bonham would do. And there's a story where, uh, after they played a show, you know, they were torn together. Carmine went up to. I mean, John, uh, yeah, Carmine went up to John Bonham saying, dude, I like how you did those triplet things. And John Bonham said, I got that from you. And yes. Carmine goes, dude, I don't do triplets. And he goes, you did it on this song, on this album. And then he heard, he goes, oh, yeah, I did. They also
1: <laughs> played the exact, like, I, the exact same drum set.
0: Yes, you're right. Uh, Ludwig, right?
1: Yeah, and band. they both had two twenty six 26-inch bass drums in, when they toured together. And they both had the exact same set. And when they would take one down, they would, you know, during changeover, they'd put up basically the same exact set. But uh, John Bonham switched to the single bass bass drum.
0: And it was because of Carmine, Bonham got an endorsement deal from Ludwig on that first tour.
1: Yep. That's also true.
0: We saw, we remember we saw Carmine, man. We went to a clinic of his.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That was a long time ago. That was awesome. I love Carmine. Yeah, he's a badass.
0: All right. Um, did you give your number nine? Uh, Yeah, I did. It was all 10. Right. Number eight, this is where it gets really hard for me. Okay. Other two were okay, but I'm telling you right now, uh, this album and the seven before it can all be number one. Okay, already,
1: I didn't understand.
0: You already picked it. My number seven is Satan Courtney Act. Dude, Blades of Steel, No Turning Back, Trial by Fire, Break Free, The Ritual. Are we I mean, at you said, eight? Yeah, we're number eight.
1: Yeah, you said seven.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. Well, no, what I meant to say was number eight and seven below all could be number one on my list. Okay. So, yeah, that that is, we already talked about Satan Kornak. So give us your number seven.
1: You mean my number eight?
0: Your number, oh, I'm going, okay. Uh, Just don't pay attention to me.
1: (laughs) Uh, Number eight, I'm going to have to go with uh, On Through the Night from Def Leppard.
0: Ah, okay. Uh, As much as they like to deny it, that is a pure new wave of British heavy metal album. I agree. And,
1: you know, they, they turn into a different band later on, but that album just is just incredible. It's yep. so heavy and
0: so raw. All right. I'm not going to repeat everything I think of this album because it is much higher on my list. But I will tell you this. 1980 for me was the greatest year of metal. And I'm telling you, you got Back in Black, Heaven and Hell, you know, Saxon, um, and uh, Wheels of Steel and all these albums. The, Onto the Night was the one I listened to the most in 1980. When I heard Rock Brigade on the radio, which they actually played it on the radio back then, I was like, holy shit, I gotta go buy this album. And dude, I could not stop playing this album. I don't consider the next one, which I like a little more, High and Dry, a new wave of British heavy metal album. To me, it sounds more like ACDC, you know?
1: You know, I I love, I love that album, but something is just, it, it feels like, they were more contained or something you know the the they were just so energetic and they just didn't translate into the studio when they went in to record that album you know there's a there's a live recording uh from like 83 when they were on the pyromania tour and all those students all those recordings blow away the studio recordings
0: hmm, of those songs. Are, you, are you talking about the la forum bo- bonus disc um cuz i might have
1: be. That. it I might
0: got, be. yeah i bought i you know i came on the bonus disc of the uh you know remaster or whatever but i bought the box um because it brought the ep and all this rare shit and i had to buy it and it also brought that live album on it yeah that's uh i got i got to revisit it cuz I, I i saw that tour i remember they played mirror mirror which is probably my favorite song from them Lady Strange, another.
1: The one worst, the worst thing about it though is that it's only thirty minutes long. All
0: well, the show?
1: Well, I mean, I don't know if they were opening or what, or if that's all that made it onto the, the, the DVD. But uh, it's only six songs.
0: Well, I have the full show on vinyl and CD. Uh, the encore, they—I forgot what cover they did. They brought out Brian May. Um, damn. Really. I can't yeah, um, I think it was a CCR. You know, it's not a song you would expect. Um, and Brian May came out during the encore. Yeah, they, it is available. You can get the whole show. I think only in that box set. Did you get the early years that came out like earlier this year?
1: No, I haven't.
0: It's so good. You know, I mean, have you heard songs like "Glad to Be Alive"? And um, I've
1: heard most of them, but I don't actually own it.
0: Yeah, Good Morning Freedom is a, uh, uh, it was the B-side of Hello America. Dude, that song is one of their heaviest songs ever, which, you never heard Good Morning Freedom?
1: No, I've heard that.
0: Yeah, that song is pure new wave of British heavy metal.
1: Yeah, and you know what, you you mentioned it's the B-side of uh, Hello America, which is a song I just never really liked.
0: Well, I like it, but it's my least favorite on the album. And
1: every time I listen to that album, I, I, I end up skipping it. I just
0: really They got, really a, don't. They got a, a lot of shit for that song, too. Uh, the British fans like turned their back on them because yeah. they thought they were selling out to America. Well, and I think
1: that's that, the fact that it's not a perfect album in my eyes because of that is why I, I put it up higher on my list. But right. otherwise, I really, really love that album.
0: It could be you, answer to the master.
1: Yeah, the 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 riffs, man. The riffs yeah. don't
0: lie. Pete Willis, man. All right, now we're at my number seven. Yes. Uh, and this album, I don't know if you ever were you, were you ever into the Sweet? That band The sweet. Not really. You know, Bob- I'm
1: familiar okay. with them, but I never really got heavy into them.
0: You should look into them. I mean, they they I mean they've had some. This album right here is very, very, I hear sweet all over this album. Shit, I hear sweet on, on Through the Night, too, in some of those songs. But I'm talking about Angel Witch, the album Angel Witch. Okay. Um, I hear a lot of sweet in it. Atlantis, Sorcerer, Gorga, Sweet Danger. You know what's funny about the song Sweet Danger? I did this uh, subconsciously. When you listen back to this episode, you'll you'll hear it. Um, the the theme to my podcast is the same fucking riff. You know? And I just did it in, which features your, your singer, Paolo. Paolo sings yeah. on the, the intro to this. But it's the same, dan, 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 dan. and I just was sitting there like, you know, hey, I want to do a, I was at Josh's, you know, recording. Hey, I want to do the, the, an intro to my thing. I just came up with that riff right there. And then like when I heard this album the next time, I was like, Oh, fuck. I, I ripped off Angel Witch.
1: To be fair, I think that, that that riff has been used in a lot of things.
0: That's true. That is true. Um, I can't remember now, but yeah, it is, it is kind of a... It's a commonly borrowed riff. Commonly yeah. borrowed riff. And the riff rules. But I love it. What is your number seven?
1: My number seven is one you already mentioned. It's uh, Holocaust, The Nightcomers.
0: Nice. Which, well,
1: that album had a tremendous impact on me you know it's just so simple and effective oh yeah it's just really you know it could have only had been created at that time by those people you know Mm -hmm. and And the 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 lyrics you know i've got heavy metal music in my blood yeah just it just doesn't get better than that to me
0: exactly and the production total poverty
1: yeah. You got. You know, a I, I, I hear a, I hear a lot of ACDC in that album.
0: I do too. I actually do too.
1: They even uh, say, I like bands like ACDC. I like to head bash every night.
0: That's right. What song is that? That's, uh, only metal. Oh, what?
1: Only as young as you feel, I think. Okay. It's yeah. either, it's either, uh, yeah, no, it's that one.
0: Right on. All right, Alan. All right. Uh, We're at number six now. This one, it's technically New Wave of British Heavy Metal, but it doesn't sound like it because this is a game changer here. Uh, Venom, welcome to hell. I mean, you got to admit, it is New Wave of British Heavy Metal.
1: Yeah, I didn't really think about that. I didn't think about Venom when I was making my list, but uh, Uh, it is. You're right, it is. It, It was a game changer, but it is still New Wave of British Heavy Metal for sure you know and
0: and it was on neat records,
1: yeah, I was gonna say if it's on neat records it's it's new album
0: yeah it's it's definitely um what do you call a uh, a game changer it doesn't sound like anything on this list, but at the same time, you know it's it's got that well, i mean this is like this ain't this this is more like homeless metal, not poverty. You know? <laughs> but uh you know uh, know, poison that dirty little bitch and witching hour and in league with satan angel dust i mean jesus man it's such a historic album you know
1: you know i have to say i like black metal a little bit more
0: you know i was about to bring that up uh most people prefer black metal i prefer welcome to hell though they're almost sister albums though, you know. Yeah,
1: it's it's one is a continuation of the other, I feel like.
0: Right. But that's definitely my number 6. What's your number 6?
1: My number 6 also one that you already mentioned, it's uh Tigers of Pantang, Spellbound.
0: Right on. You picked that one, huh? Yeah. yeah. A lot of people would pick uh Wildcat.
1: You know, I love Wildcat, but it just doesn't compare to Spellbound for me.
0: Right. You,
1: yeah. you know, it's almost, they almost sound like two different bands, you know, and me it's because there's two different singers, but, you know, Spellbound is much more polished.
0: Yeah. It's, it, it is, it is an awesome one though.
1: Which is probably because they had, um the producer on that record is uh, Chris Sangarid, who produced uh, Painkiller. Yeah. He produced an Ingvae album. He he produced a bunch. Like if you just look at his discography, he produced everybody. And
0: you know? he was, I believe, the engineer on "Sad Wings of Destiny." Yes, that's correct. Yeah. yeah, that guy was awesome. He died not too long ago.
1: Yeah, I know. But you know, one of the things that I, he's known for is one thing is is the his drum sound, which mm-hmm. I was never a big fan of. You, you know, didn't he, like
0: the drum sound on "Painkiller."
1: No. Uh it's all sound replaced and sampled and oh it's overproduced and he he kind of you know was a a front runner in in that. You know, and he he liked electronic drums and he liked you know sample replacing and it was not very he was not about organic drums which as a drummer is not something I'm a big fan of.
0: We won't mention the person's name, brutal, but we both know somebody that thinks painkillers all drum machine.
1: Well, yeah,
0: you think you think so too.
1: I think certain songs are.
0: Hmm. Um, Hell Patrol, huh? Hell, Hell Patrol, Patrol, Leather Rebel. A, okay. Yeah, if I was to pick one, I'd say Hell Patrol because that kind of sounds a little too precise.
1: Yeah. You know, the, I mean, the but, but it's not it's not hard to believe because by that point Judas Priest had already used uh, drum machines. Uh, yeah. Ram it down as a drum machine.
0: You know, you know, you know. Uh, my podcast is known to take a left turn, and I got to bring this up about Ram It Down. This is the rumor I heard about the Ram It Down tour, which I saw. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen footage of the Ram It Down tour. Did you ever see footage of that tour?
1: Maybe at some point, but I know I can think of.
0: Well, the drums were on top of a huge thing. I mean, that shit was like 20 feet in the air. Here's the rumor I heard. In that thing that the drums were on, there was a drummer in there playing Dave Holland's parts. That's a rumor, though.
1: I've heard that. I, You've heard I, I don't know how you could even, even accomplish such a thing.
0: Right. Without seeing the band members and shit. Yeah. Uh,
1: but, you know, what is confirmed now, uh, recently Don Airy came out and said he played bass on Painkiller.
0: I saw that. I saw that. Which is something
1: uh, I had heard, is that there's no bass on that album. It's, it's keyboard.
0: That's what I heard, yeah. I actually mentioned that on my YouTube when yeah. I do my new segment, I, I brought that up, which is that—that that is wild. All right, like like I said, uh brutal. Everything should be number one. So my next one—it hurts to put at number five, and I could have gone with an earlier one. I'm not going with their 1980 debut or uh wiped out and all that. I got to go with All for One from Raven. Um, there's just something about that album. Maybe you know because it was my first one. I got, but you know, shit like Sledgehammer Rock and Hug Drawn and uh, Quarter, Break the Chains, Take Control, Mind Over Metal. Uh, Mind Over
1: Metal is one of my favorite Raven songs.
0: Dude, and it's, I don't know, I think as a whole, and don't, don't remember, I love Crash uh, Wallop and, uh, and Wipeout. I like, I love all that shit. Star Wars is awesome, you know, but.
1: Star Wars, incredible song. That's so
0: I love it, you know. but man, there's I think there's
1: who knows me one. knows that I love Raven.
0: Yeah, we both do, man. And uh, we hung out with them. It was awesome. Yeah. But, yeah, that is my number five. I never got to see Raven till 2004 in Tampa. They played at 2 in the afternoon at a metal fest I went to. Sun and, and Steel. Sun and Steel, yes. And I was completely floored how, man, John can still hit those fucking notes man
1: yeah you know he's i have to say he's my favorite bass player of all time really yeah
0: wow
1: he's, he's just great. Too underrated, man like, nobody plays bass like him yeah nobody you know
0: and and i don't think anybody really sounds like them either they sound a little too um i don't know man i think that's the band that's the most in your face than any band i ever heard in my life you know they really are a ta- like a tacky an attack band you know the the way you know mark with those riffs and and his screams and it's just so i don't know they it's like you know as far as like new wave british heavy metal they, they they're even more violent than venom i just feel they're, they're very crazy
1: that well they were both pretty pretty insane stage presence wise i want to say
0: yeah. yeah but musically I think Raven has more of an attack,
1: yeah you know, quality well, they were definitely and, more precise. they were they were incredible you know songwriters, yeah you know, Venom was more just chaos, you know yeah. they right. were they were precision,
0: yeah, yeah. and they, they added hooks, but yeah. it, it was just athletic rock, as it would say. Yeah. um yeah, Raven. Raven rules. We saw him, that was the last concert I went to, not including the Made of Metal, you know, tribute show we saw, but I think that last show, what was it, with Y&T and Madame X, that was the last show, wasn't it? Yeah,
1: I, I, I know that we were both there.
0: Yeah, I don't think there was a show after that I attended other than a, a tribute concert.
1: Yeah, I think we we might be exactly the same
0: on that one. You you know what happened to me after when Y&T went went on stage? Did I tell you that story? No. Three songs into it, my father calls me.
1: Oh yeah, I remember this. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That the guy. You know, I mean, again, you know, we're getting off track here. You know that shit was going on even till last month. The leak. Since then, and the plumbers kept coming to my house saying it wasn't my problem. Then they found out it was, and I gutted out my whole bathroom and I have a brand new. Shower and toilet and everything. A uh, whole new bathroom because of that. And that was... What was that? February? That show? Yeah. I think it was, yeah. Insane. It's been but, a uh, year, huh? Yeah. <laughs> but, all right, so that's my number five. What's your number five?
1: Uh My number five, again, one you've already mentioned, is uh Angel Witch from Angel Witch. Yeah. Historic. You know, I, I mean... Kevin Hayborn, his voice is so unique. Yep. It's just. What's your opinion on um, the albums that came after that?
0: Hit and miss, man. And I never, and I didn't find any of those albums to be as solid as the self-titled Angel Witch. But there's some good stuff on some of those albums. But honestly, the Angel Witch is the only one I own. Where all the other ones I've heard from friends and through the years that never really, you know, made me go out and buy them. I mean, do, you, do you own a lot of Angel Witch?
1: I can't say I do, mm-hmm. but I've heard most of it. And I like Screaming and Bleeding.
0: What, which, what year did that come out in? Was that the 80s?
1: That was the second one. I think it came out in like 85 or something. That's okay. a different singer.
0: Right, right.
1: I don't know why, but it does. Yeah, the guy was a good singer, but I don't know. I don't know why Kevin Haymore would ever like step down from vocal duties. You know, like his voice is such a big part of the sound.
0: Right. Maybe financially, probably out of work or something.
1: But he you was in the band. He was. He just. He, he was. He went from the singer and guitar player to just playing guitar.
0: I did not know that. That's insane.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> that's insanely stupid. Wow, damn. All right, my number four, and it, yeah, it's predictable, but it, it, it's undeniable, man. Uh, lightning's to the nation, Diamond Head. You know, uh and you know, which by the way, I knew Diamond Head before Metallica covered "Am I Evil," which I was like, "Whoa, they're doing a Diamond Head song." Um, I never owned this album till much later, but my friend had it on cassette, and uh, I remember I loved it's electric and helpless and street of gold, you know. And I finally did get uh purchase it many years later. The Prince, um, yeah, they got a lot of singles, yeah. And and the, the album I bought from Babuglia, our friend, um, brings all those singles, it's like a double album. It's weird though, because the album cover is all white with autographs on it, but I it's have not.
1: that Yeah, it's not them. real autographs. <laughs> on vinyl? Do right? you have it on vinyl? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah,
0: it, it, it's odd, but it, it's well. Definitely... That's
1: how. It, that's because how. That's how it was originally pressed.
0: Oh, you see, I didn't know that. I always thought it was that cover of the the sky and shit. Wow, you're educating <laughs> me.
1: If you read though, because I, I read the booklet that came inside that uh right. inside that that edition and, and it said that um they were trying to be mysterious or something. They were inspired by Led Zeppelin, who put right. very little information on the on the album covers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so they thought they thought, well, how much more mysterious can it get if you just put nothing?
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I had no idea. I thought the original album cover was that, that artwork shit.
1: I think I've seen even a couple different album covers for it.
0: Hmm. I've always owned the best of, too, on, on CD. But um, most of it's this, you know? Um, but yeah, that's my number four pick, Diamond which were projected to be the next Live Zeppelin. I, you heard this shit? The story behind them?
1: Yeah, I've heard that.
0: Yeah, but... Shit happens, man.
1: They're too unique to be the next anything. They didn't really, you know, they didn't really sound like anything else. Especially they, at that time.
0: Exactly, yeah. And, they, and I don't know, I, I mean, don't get me wrong, I love Diamond Head, but I don't think they have that uh, kind of variation like Zeppelin had, you know, to take them to that level. You know?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think they had the same kind of commercial viability.
0: yeah. That was the word I was looking for. Um, But great album and deserves, made it to my number four. Should be number one, but whatever. All right, what's your number four?
1: Uh, My number four is Iron Maiden, Killers.
0: Mm, Interesting. That is the band that, if you're going to talk about the new wave of British heavy metal, that band's at the forefront. And you know, something that's a little unfair about the new wave of British heavy metal, is that there's so many bands that should be classified as new wave of British heavy metal, but the reason they're not is because they've been around too long. They were around way before 1980. Like, come on, British Steel is a total fucking new wave of British heavy metal album. Heaven and Hell is a is a, is a new wave of British, but these are, you know, legacy bands. So, didn't make yeah. it to it. Well,
1: I think that I think that you know they were trying to get rid of the Black Sabbath name around that time.
0: Right, they wanted to uh, carve but their I own. Think needs.
1: Tony Iommi was trying to change the name of the band every time they got a new singer, but the record label would never, never allow it. Yep. you know, but if if it had been under a different name, it would have probably been, you know,
0: oh, definitely I, be New Wave of British Heavy Metal, yeah, because that but, album is historic.
1: Yeah, But Killers, Killers is just incredible. You know, it, it's one of the best heavy metal albums of all time. Right. You know. And,
0: and are you more of a Deano guy than Dickinson?
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah, me too. And, you know, what a lot of people don't, you know, when I try to explain to people, man, it's like, you know, Steve Harris is known as this bass god. But if you really think of it, man, those two first Iron Maiden albums, he was all over that fretboard than any other album. You know? And the song Prodigal Son, I mean, is there any song from Iron Maiden even remotely like that song? You know, it had they had more of a original type of thing. Like, you know, they took chan- more chances with piano yeah. than After, they did with Dickinson.
1: I feel like once they hit once they hit uh peace of mind. They found a formula and yeah. they had a couple hits and then they just kind of ran with that.
0: Yeah, the gallop. You know? And it just eye- kind
1: of blended together for, for me.
0: But I'm with you, man. Uh, definitely the Deano stuff is my Iron Maiden.
1: No, but I I, I I love Number of the Beast too, though.
0: I love everything up to peace of mind. I mean, uh, Power Slave. But I can pick a song here and there I like from Almost every every other albums, but the first two, forget it, man. You know, I mean, I love Number of the Beast, but there's a couple tracks I didn't like off it. Same track Steve Harris didn't like off it, and uh, same. But you know, I'll tell you something funny. Uh, Peace of mind, the song I always hated from it was Quest for Fire, and I heard it on my shuffle like two three years ago on my car, and I was like, dude, this song fucking rules. I mean, it's <laughs> stupid. It's stupid, but it's awesome. You know, in a time when Donald's But that middle section with the fucking solo, I was like, damn, this is really good. You know? You Are know, you a fan of Quest of Fire? You
1: know, for the longest time, I, I was always like, up to number of the beast, and that's it. Really? And, and it was more recently, I mean, I, I always liked songs. On, on on most of the 80s albums but as albums i never really like listened to much of them in full and and because i just didn't think it really compared but uh more recently i have revisited some of it and i i you know it's definitely better than i remember it
0: oh yeah no i i you know i grew up with that stuff that you was know, i like peace
1: of, of mine you know has like uh uh, Where Eagles Dare is a great song. Yeah. You know, and... Um,
0: Flat Icarus, The Trooper, yeah, Revelations. Those are, all, those are all
1: amazing songs.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it was the first time I saw them, too. I mean, I was a big Maiden fan, but I was always... Even, you know, A Number of the Beast blew my mind, Peace of Mind, Power... They all blew my mind, but while they were blowing my mind, I still said the first two. Those are my favorite Maiden albums, you know? But, for me, um, I,
1: I got to say it's a trilogy for me, you know,
0: with uh, number, the, number of the Beast and the first, uh, the Clive Burr years.
1: Yeah, basically, basically,
0: right. you
1: know, that's when they were really like a force to be reckoned with, you know.
0: Unfortunately, I never saw that lineup. First time I saw them was Peace of Mind. But um, all right, so that was your number three, four? No, that
1: was my number four. I don't think you said your number four.
0: Yeah, I did. It's Diamond Head. Oh, okay. Light into the Nations. All right, number three. Something you already mentioned, and like I said earlier, there was no album I heard in my favorite year of metal more than Def Leppard's On Through the Night. Made it to my number three. I think that album is extremely underrated. Uh, The band hates it. They're always slamming it. And, dude, Wasted... You know, I mean, that whole album, When the Walls Come Tumbling Down, um, I just love everything about this album. And it does have, you know, a new wave of British heavy metal quality, but I hear some sweet, I hear some queen, and, but then I hear this, I hear young kids on there too, young, very talented kids. And I was lucky enough to see that lineup. I saw the High and Dry tour with Pete Willis. And that's the uh,
1: Def Leppard EP.
0: I have that, too. Um, but that I didn't hear until many years later. Yeah. And thank God they released it on Record Store Day. And I got myself a copy of it.
1: Yeah, I have that.
0: Right into the sun. Overture. And what else is on Get there? Get Your Rocks
1: uh, Off.
0: Get Your Rocks Off.
1: Which, yeah. That version of that song is so is, heavy.
0: Yeah. I, I prefer that version, actually. Yeah, me too. Do you own the New Wave of British Heavy Metal double CD that Lars put together?
1: I do, actually, yeah.
0: That has even a different version that of Get Your Rocks Off. Does it? I, think,
1: I thought it was the EP version.
0: I got to listen to it again. I'm, I think it's not, but I could be wrong.
1: No, I'm pretty sure it's the EP version.
0: Okay. Which, speaking of that CD, another another killer band that just released singles, Sweet Savage. Yeah. That song, Eye of the Storm, dude, that's total James Hedgefield it's like if you play that for anybody they'll think it's james man i
1: love sweet savage
0: oh me too man it's a shame they never released an album
1: well they did actually but it was way later but
0: not with vivian campbell though
1: no no um they had a i because i have it they put it their first album came out in like 1996 jesus and it was called killing time
0: was that song on there
1: yeah and it's got a different version and i remember hearing it for the first time and you know i thought it was like gonna be be the the version we all knew and it it it's like they got a really good guitar player on that album he, but he almost plays like ing it's like if you get some guy who's like super shreddy and polished playing on it
0: hmm. well check it out I, I wasn't even aware of that album i just know the singles uh, Killing Time, Eye of the Storm, and I think just one more. Only, I only know three songs from that band, but all three songs rip. One of the songs,
1: they have a song called uh, Straight Through the Heart. Yes. And it's, it's caught true. in the middle.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, same riffs.
1: Which is funny, because they used the title and the riff, but they'd switch, they switched for different songs.
0: Yeah, they switched the titles, yeah. You're right, I, I didn't think of that. Um, all right, that is my number three, Def Leppard on Through the Night. What's your number three?
1: My number three is one. I think this was one of your uh, honorable mentions, which I have to give it a pretty high place on my list. It's uh, Loose and Lethal from Savage.
0: Yeah, I don't blame you. That, that album, it's kind of a tacky, too, like Raven, you know? It doesn't that sound like Raven, but it's a tacky.
1: Has some of the worst and best production I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> I would That's never nice. want it for myself, nor I don't, I don't think I'd ever want to hear another band record like that, but it just worked for them. Right. You know, the guitars sound like buzz saws.:
0: Yeah, yeah, it's very gritty, and like I said, it's tacky, it's very like
1: raw. Band, is it, it, does it cut does it cut through, and does it is it heavy?
0: That opening track, man, let it loose is.
1: damn. I know it's that's the famous one and it's fast and all, but really like that's I don't even think that represents the band very well. Because well,
0: it doesn't represent the rest of the album, that's for damn sure.
1: Because, and I don't mean that to knock it either, like, I feel like the other songs on the album are so much more mature.
0: You
1: yeah. know? They're some seriously great songwriting and great riffs, you know? Yeah. Uh, Cry Wolf, you know... Dirty Money, Ain't No Fit Place is one hell of a song. Yep. Midnight Spell even covered uh Berlin on our demo.
0: That's right. That is right. Yeah. I got, um, which, is that demo still available?
1: It is on our band camp.
0: All right. Check the links below. All right. Um, all right. Uh, brutal number three. That wasn't my number three. Oh, so I go to number two now. All right, just like what I did with Raven, I'm going to pick a later one. I believe it was 1982, but they were around for, they released two amazing albums in 1980, but I got to go with Denim and Leather by Saxon as number two. Um, All the way up at nine, number two. Uh, That, that album, man, Prisoner of the Night, Never Surrender, and the band played on, title track, Fire in the Sky, that whole album is just, I love Out of Control, the commercial track off it. I just think that's their greatest album, and I, I put it above Wheels of Steel and, and uh, Strong Arm a lot. But I will, I'll ask you this question, because I don't know a lot of people that would agree with me on it. I am a more of a fan of Strong Arm than Wheels of Steel. Wh- wh- what's your opinion?
1: To be honest with you, it's really hard to pick.
0: I have to go with Wheels of uh, Strong Arm. You know,
1: I don't even but, know if I could pick. they they both.
0: Oh, no, they're both great.
1: One of them feels like a, I, I. feel like that's one another one where one feels like a continuation of the other.
0: Yeah, they could be sister albums. You're right.
1: You know, I think they came out in like the same year too.
0: Yeah, they did. They both came out in 1980, and they came down here opening for Rush, and my parents wouldn't let me go. Oh That's but so. but I did get to see the denim and leather tour in Miami. At the Gusman Center opening for Triumph and they already had Nige in the band, even though Pete Gill played on that album.
1: Yeah.
0: Nige was drumming for him already on that tour. But Denim and Leather is my number two. Uh, what's saxon your...
1: Saxon's just one of my one of the best bands ever. They know.
0: still release amazing albums too.
1: Which, you know, I, I actually don't have any Saxon on my list. Wow.
0: That's shocking
1: it is shocking and, and you know I didn't really think of it to be honest with you for some reason they just don't didn't really register as one of the the new wave of british heavy metal bands for some reason i guess because they have so many albums right uh you know they're not one i just think of new wave of british heavy metal and it's usually singles and bands only have like one album right and you know saxon is still going strong today and it's like that doesn't you know, I guess that's why they kind of maybe slipped my mind when I was making the list.
0: Yeah, they're up there though, man. They're one of the forerunners with Maiden, you know. Yeah, definitely, you know, one of the biggest, uh, especially of that time. You know, Saxon was uh, well well promoted. You know, Motorhead's another one. You know, they could have made the list if they didn't have several albums before this. You know uh they could fit the mold of new British heavy metal with fast add-ups. yeah
1: i mean in that in that in that regard you know saxon was going like in nineteen, nineteen seventy-seven 1977 or something
0: yeah oh. i think i believe the first album was 79
1: yeah they might not have put anything out until 79 but they, they were going for a long time
0: yeah but so was maiden you know Maiden yeah, i think right. was 76
1: you're you're absolutely right and uh shame on me for not putting any saxon
0: yeah, that's a, that was a faux pas.
1: But, uh, you know, it's it's so hard to narrow it down.
0: I hear you. All right, uh, what's your number two?
1: My number two is uh, Rock Until You Drop from Raven.
0: Ah, uh, okay. Their first one.
1: Yeah, which had a huge impact on me growing up, for sure.
0: You know, it's you fun. mentioned
1: the sweet. There's two sweet covers on there.
0: Uh, I know they did Cockroach later. Yeah. I
1: was yeah. trying
0: to think, what was the sweet covers they did on that?
1: Hellraiser and yeah. uh, Action, the medley.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, that's why I forgot, because they were all part of the song. Which, yeah. uh, they played some of it when we saw them, when they did their metal, medley, you know. And they later uh, covered Cockroach. Uh, not this album. Did you get Metal City? I still haven't heard it.
1: I've heard it. I've heard it. I don't own it yet, actually, but
0: uh, I will eventually. It's good. Yeah. It's. I want the only reason I haven't got it because I want it on vinyl, and the only way to get it on vinyl is in Europe. I'm like, I'm not paying these fucking prices, and with this COVID, it guarantee it ain't gonna be here for six months. Yeah. You know? It takes forever to ship from Europe during this time. You know. No, but it's, I, it's I, a, I it's want a it. solid
1: album. It's it's actually pretty good.
0: All right. I'll it's definitely, definitely the
1: most substantial thing they've done in a
0: long time. Wow, and I really like that last one.
1: Oh, I God. I think this this one is definitely better than extermination. Wow, but the first wow. album, "Rock Until You Drop," yeah. is just perfect through and through.
0: Yep, I have that on Picture Disc. I always wanted to get a regular cover, a regular really regular version of that album.
1: I got it on Picture
0: Disc. Is it on your wall?
1: It is, and it's signed.
0: Nice. Right on. Yeah, mine's signed, not too. Not by
1: uh, Wacko, though.
0: Yeah, mine either. I, uh, my uh, All for One cover is signed by the Gallagher brothers and, god damn it, why at it Michael Wagner. Yeah, I, he was at the expo, too. They were all there. So I got them all signed by it. It's the only album I got signed by the actual producer of the album.
1: You know what's interesting right. about Rob Hunter? Um I looked him up one day and I you know, he doesn't really play drums anymore. I don't know why, but uh he did a lot of like producing and I was going through his discography and I see he produced a band called Wreckage and I was like, Wasn't Alex Marquez in a band called Wreckage?
0: Was it the same band?
1: And I clicked on it, and it was a release with Alex Marquez. What? It said produced by Rob Wacko Hunter.
0: And Alex never mentioned this shit to me.
1: He never mentioned it to me either.
0: You know what? I'm going to call Alex now and ask him why he never told me this. I'm going put him on speaker. See if he answers. If he doesn't, then fuck it. I'll edit this out. Damn it. Why ain't speaker working? Hello. Is this Alex Marquez? What? Alex Marquez. No, it's not Alex Marquez. Did I get the wrong number? you
1: probably
0: did. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. What? What do you say? I don't know. <laughs> they were laughing. They were goofing on me. Whatever they said, we'll hear it on the playback. Fuck them. All right, I got that number. I'm going to be crank calling them now. I'm going to give that, I'm going to give that number to Willie. You know, Willie loves crank calling people. Yeah. Uh, Star six, seven is ass. All right. Number two. You gave your number two? Yeah, it was rock until you drop. All right, I'm going to cheat, Brutal Brian. My number one's a tie. Because I'm sorry. I just I have to mention both these albums because they're so historic. My number one album is the first Iron Maiden and Killers. I, to me, dude, knew everybody British metal metals that, that first album. Totally. You know, it's got that raw production, uh, the Chainsaw Sounder, and I'm Running Free, that middle section. Mm-hmm. Then there's Killers, where, you know, you got Martin Birch that, you know, sparkled it up a bit, but still keeping that raw energy of the first album. Um, I I couldn't I couldn't I couldn't put Killers at number two or three. I had to give it. I have to put them tied. Even though for the longest time, Killers has been my favorite Maiden album, but it's switched now. My favorite is Iron Maiden the first album, just by a little bit though. You know they're they're pretty much tied, but I have to put it as a tie. My favorite is Iron Maiden and Killers. God damn it! I'll never forget. Walking into Specs Music, West Side Mall 1980, never heard of this band before. Saw the album cover, I was like, What the hell? And I turned the album cover over, and there's Paul Deano, looks like Rob Halford. You got Dennis Stratton with the red fucking uh, leather pants, like uh, Glenn Tipton. You got Dave Murray dressed like, you know, KK Downing. And then you have Steve Harris looking like Pete Way. But either way, I was like, I ain't walking out of this album with this store without this album. And holy crap, when I put that on and heard Prowler, it just changed my life. And it really put me on the you know, made me you know, like a big fan of the new wave of British Army Metal because, you know, at that time, soon after I started collecting uh Kerrang magazine, reading about all these bands like, you know, Tigers of Pang Tang and Raven and and Iron Maiden really spear and I think, you know, for the you know the the masses Iron Maiden open the floodgates the new wave of British heavy metal I think you know
1: I would agree with that
0: so that I'm is my because, number one
1: I'm surprised because I've heard you say before that you prefer the self titled The Killers
0: yeah I'm saying for but maybe the last three years Iron Maiden uh, I changed my mind but yeah like three years ago three four years ago it's been Killers for decades. You know, but no, it's changed. I, I, there's something about that first Maiden album that just... and I and I love that production. I know Steve Harris hates it, but I love it. It's so raw and and it really matches the music really good. And I absolutely love Diano's voice, and of course, Clyde Burr is like a monster drummer. You know. Absolutely. And speaking of Marquez, Marquez thinks Nico is better. I'm like, you're and you're a drummer. You, don't don't you tell me the same thing, Brutal?
1: No, I'm a Clive Burr fan.
0: Good. Right on. All right. So the number one new wave of British heavy metal album, according to Brutal Brian, is
1: got to give it up to Lightning to the Nations from uh, Diamond Head.
0: Yep. Don't blame me. Like I said, it was tough keeping any of these off the I mean, number one.
1: I mean. To me, that is that is New Wave of British Heavy Metal. That is everything embodied into one album. Right. You know, it's the quintessential New Album album.
0: Yep, and it's got the hooks, man. It's got those infectious hooks in that song.
1: Yeah, it, it's great songwriting. Very unique musicianship. The drummer on that album I'm not even sure of his name, to be honest with you, but uh, he was not particularly the greatest, but he he, was, he had an incredibly unconventional way of playing, you know, and it adds so much to the sound. you know most drummers wouldn't approach it like he did, and that that uh, you know as a drummer, I hear I, that makes a big impact for me.
0: I just looked it up. His name is Ricky Rocket. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that's uh, accurate.
0: Yeah, you know Wikipedia. Could be wrong. Yeah. All right. So there you go, everybody. That's our top ten. And you can leave your comments below, but don't be an idiot and say, where's this? Are you shit that? Have... No, look, that's our that's our list, man. Fuck you. Right, Brutal?
1: Yeah. No yeah. witchfinder general on this list.
0: No, yeah, I had to bring them up because they are very, very popular with the I new know. wave of British heavy metal fans. But I just, I just can't get into it. You know? you know,
1: to me, I mean, I know, I know they're legendary. I'm not denying that, but it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. You know, I, there were so many bands coming out at that time. It was just like an explosion. Yeah. You know, if, when you compare them to what else was coming out at the time, I just just doesn't compare to me.
0: And they got more of a doomy to thing to them too.
1: Yeah,
0: you know, which doesn't really fit the mold. Yeah, what about
1: what about uh, the high notes?
0: I don't know who the high notes are.
1: No, they got a F- band
0: that turned some turned into somebody else.
1: No, 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 no. Um, the 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 singer of Witchfinder General. All,
0: all the high notes he hits—they're
1: like squeals. Yeah, <laughs> you know. But, hey, if that was on an album I liked better, I'd probably be praising it. So I'm not going
0: to. Exactly. You know, to anybody out there that likes uh, Witchfinder, you're right. You know, I agree with you 100% that they're awesome. To you. You know, <laughs> it's like nothing against anybody. I like somebody. And I'm surprised. I'll be honest. I am surprised that Brutal Brian didn't like them. I I, was, I, was, I expected it to be on your list because I know you're such a big new wave of British heavy metal fan. And they were, you know, one of the popular ones, you know?
1: Yeah. Well, you know, man, I only like what's popular.
0: Yeah, that's right. Um, Remember when we went to go see Coldplay? Yeah. That was awesome.
1: Yeah, what a show, man.
0: <laughs> um. All right. So, again, everybody, go down in the link below. You need to check out Midnight Spell, their new album. It just came out. Uh, on uh, what's the what's the name of the record
1: uh, label? Iron now? Oxide Records.
0: That's releasing on vinyl, CD, and cassette. Cassette. Yeah. That's insane. It's insane. It's not on a track either, man. What's up with that?
1: You know the record label just wouldn't listen to me.
0: <laughs> but anyway, so so brutal. Every time I end my show, I say goodbye, and then I go in my vault. But I'm going to bring you in my vault this week. So join me, dude.
1: All right. Let's do it.
0: All right. We're in the vault. And uh, I want you to pick something off Midnight Spell. Uh, Everybody go check out the video, which is a little more on the commercial side. Still very metal. But pick something that shows the different side of the coin of Midnight Spell.
1: Uh, I'm going to go with the title track of the album, Sky uh, Destroyer.
0: You, you know how much I love that one. Yeah. I remember the first time I saw you guys live. I, I told you after the show, dude, that song right yeah. there. That song fucking rips. All right, here it is. Midnight Spell with Sky Destroyer. destroyer from midnight spell hey brian man thanks so much for joining me on the on the viera vault man
1: my pleasure my pleasure always always a good
0: time yeah it is man it's always a blast here and uh check out not only check out midnight spell but any of the um bands we mentioned tonight if you haven't heard it look it up it's some good shit all right brian till next time my friend smack him a gob smack him a gob